I got to give credit to Jimmy O'Neill for the <clears throat> first part of this message. Now, y'all don't get up and run out <laughs> pews. I was visiting with him at breakfast yesterday, and I said, Jimmy, I'm, I'm uh, kind of struggling a little bit how to get this started. And he reminded me of this story. And since it's January and wintertime, I can tell this story. There was a preacher, and uh, it had snowed a bunch. And so when church came, it was the preacher and one farmer. And preacher's standing up here at the front, and there's the farmer. He goes, well, do you think we ought to go ahead and have church? And preacher said, what? or the farmer said, well, uh, when I feed my cows, if one shows up, they still get fed. And preacher said, all right. And he just takes off, and they have the full worship service. And uh, preacher's just on fire with what he done. And when service was over, he said, well, what would you think, farmer? And he said, well... Um, when I have one cow show up, I don't give them the whole load. So <laughs> I, uh, I will try not to give you all too much this morning as we get started. <laughs> A lot of the uh, text from today's message is in Matthew. I don't have it up here though, Mary, I forgot. Uh, Matthew 1, uh, chapter 1, that's where a lot of this comes from. What I want to talk about is being frustrated in life. How many of us have been frustrated in life? Do we have too much going on? I see some hands raised. And if you've been frustrated, say amen. amen. All right, I got that amen. Earl. I told you I'd do that. Uh, you know, we get just so frustrated that we can't get out of bed. We just, we just want to stay in there. And as I was researching a little of this message, you find out even the most positive people, I mean people whose job is to come motivate you and fire you up about something, those people get discouraged too and, and get bogged down in the, the heaviness of life that we have at times. And they have to take a break, maybe get away, take a little vacation and relax from that day-to-day -day grind. And with that in mind, I remind all of us that Jesus offers some encouragement even in those overwhelming times. And many times, that encouragement looks different than maybe what we think it should look like. Um, let's look at the promise, this incredible promise and offer that Jesus made to every one of his followers. The promise is written in uh, the, uh, Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, but we're going to discuss some of Jesus' frustrations, um, starting off with being weary and burdened. If you look up the definition of weary, it means you become tired because you've put out effort. And to be burdened is to be overwhelmed and loaded down. I think about that like I've got a backpack and I'm going on this journey. And as I go down the road of life, I'm putting more things I might need on the journey in this backpack. And this backpack is getting heavy. And, and I'm carrying it along and, and the more stuff and things in life that I accumulate, the tireder I get. And all that extra things in your backpack requires extra energy, so you get tired, and when you get tired, you need a little refreshment and some rest. And um, if you aren't renewed, the continual extra effort you have to carry that extra load just starts to get overwhelming, and that tiredness turns to frustration. And sometimes we want to quit. We want to give up. Um, even Jesus was frustrated. 
you know, um, in uh, Matthew eleven twenty through 24, you could read some verses about before and after the great promises, uh, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to discuss verse 16 of Matthew chapter 11. We see some frustration here. Jesus is frustrated for those who are never satisfied. John the Baptist did ministry one way, and yet people complained. Jesus did it another way, and people still complain. And my point here is people are never satisfied, and that can be frustrating. Those who regularly sacrifice to help others see this at times. You know, someone will say, man, I wish you'd have painted that wall this way. I'd have done it better if you'd used a better brush. And, you know, that, that gets frustrating. But we notice this is happening to the one perfect man. There's Jesus, and he's frustrated and, and overwhelmed. And as he goes through and deals with this frustration of people not satisfied with the way he's preaching or upset. He becomes uh, frustrated with these hard-hearted people that just tend to not be satisfied. And Jesus wants them to hear his message. And if this happens to Jesus, why can't it happen to us? I mean, it's going to happen to us. We're going to be frustrated, weary, and burdened. But if we look at Scripture, we see what Jesus does. Uh, in Matthew chapter 11, 25 through 26, the phrase, at that time, is mentioned, and it connects us to this action of thanksgiving with yet being frustrated. Five times Jesus refers to his relationship with God as Father. Jesus came in a certain way to his Father, which goes on to give him rest, and that rejuvenates him to continue doing God's work. And if you can feel Jesus' frustration here, you can clearly see what a kind of strange place this is for thanksgiving. Um, but we go back and read that, and that reaffirms the wisdom of God's plan by allowing us to be rejuvenated in the midst of growing frustration. And he comes humbly to the Father and reaffirms that he wants to continue helping do his Father's work, just as we should be wanting to do Jesus' work. Um, and this rest, where Jesus says, I will give you rest, in this context, Jesus is faced with these frustrations, but he gives us all this great offer. He says, what we need is rest when we're tired and frustrated and overwhelmed. Notice that rest Jesus is talking about doesn't come with time off or getting more sleep. But those things are important. If we don't get good rest, um, everything just kind of falls apart in our life eventually. And the rest that we get through Jesus and through our personal relationship with Him is just like the rest from His relationship from serving God. And that rest comes in two distinct ways, both as a gift and as a result of serving Jesus. And let's look at Jesus' gift of rest over in verse 28. It says, clearly... This rest comes through Jesus. It's a gift that refreshes us and refocuses us back on God's work. And I say, are you weary with life's burdens? Are you agitated? Maybe you're trying to help someone and they misuse your help or they frustrate you. Maybe you've got somebody at work that just gets on your nerves and you've got to use 
God's grace through you or His grace through you to, to deal with that situation. And also in that scripture it says, Come to me, all of you who are weary. This invitation to rest is warm and open to all. But you might think after Jesus made that statement that some have no chance. And that's where Jesus makes it clear His invitation is open to everyone as long as they recognize their weariness and their burden and they're willing to come to Jesus alone. This self-righteous, self-absorbed and self-satisfied attitude that they just want to live a life of power, ease, and luxury doesn't come that way through Jesus. Um, and sometimes we see Jesus reaches out to the tired, the poor, the downtrodden, the outcast, maybe a little more often because they are able to see the need and are willing to trust Jesus um, that some other believers may not have that trust. Um, another thing to mention is Jesus puts a little pressure on us to trust in Him, but it's a gentle and a humble heart that gets the most benefit of that. Um, Jesus describes Himself as gentle and humble in heart in verse 29. And the word gentle is the same as the word meek. And that goes back to the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. It's strength under control. Being humble in heart means Jesus' humbleness is at the core of His being. It is just not for show or an outward response. He's willingly lowering Himself for us. He went, he, he went from the glories in heaven to a simple life on earth out of His love for us. And what better way to show us God's love more clearly than to be forgiven for all of our wrongs? Often we hit those times when we're overwhelmingly weary and burdened. And we don't think God wants us around, let alone to give us a gift. Sometimes we're cranky. We feel we haven't measured up. We feel we've let Jesus down. But if we look in Scripture, His words come to me, all who are weary and burdened, for I am gentle and humble in heart. That pressure God brings is simply there because maybe we wouldn't listen any other way. We notice that the rest we need most is for our soul rather than just a release from outward obligations. And I wonder, why is this? It does seem simply sitting on a beach every day and with an unlimited expense account and all the obligations of the world are put aside would just be great. But what takes away our inner peace and what keeps us up all night are some of those things, those stresses of life. And here I want to talk about a couple of points. Um, it's the burden of trying to work one, one's way to heaven and into God's favor. We see that in those events right after the verses I mentioned, where the religious leaders had burdened the people with excessive rules about what God meant and when He asked His followers to not work but rest one day a week. When we take on the burden of trying to prove ourselves to God, we wear out quickly and it makes it so many other things in life are frustrating and sometimes overwhelming. This crushing burden of our past sins can overwhelm us deep inside so that we become weary of living life. Every responsibility we feel like is a burden and that guilt and shame can sometimes overwhelm us. 
And only in Jesus will we find the true forgiveness. And many are kept up at night by fears and worries. Instead of resting, we get up exhausted and tired. And I'm as guilty of that as anybody. I worry about 14 things. And you know what? I can't fix most of them. I can't, you know, I worry about, oh man, are we, when's our next ice storm going to come? Our next snow? Because somebody needs to know whether it's coaches traveling at school or just, you know, is Aiden going to school? He would rather us have lots of ice and snow. Um, but those fears and worries come because we think we're in control. And then God will show us one way or the other that, you know what, He is in control and we are not. I am not in control. And we sometimes just need that rest as that rest Jesus offers, offers us is not a release from all the obligations but a right relationship and favor with God himself through Jesus. There's a deep peace and a sense of well-being that comes from being in a good, loving relationship, regardless of what's happening on the outside. And this rest is different from vacations, or maybe avoiding our problems, running away. Um, so let's discuss what's involved when Jesus says this verse in Matthew 28, Come to me all who are weary and burdened. We've already seen that we are to picture this as a gracious invitation from Jesus in those times when we're overwhelmed and maybe we want to give up. But come means you have to leave something and go to something new, something else. In this analogy here, I'm not trying to compare us to dogs, but when we tell the dog, come here, they leave where they are and they come to you. And is that not what Jesus is wanting us to do when he says come? Leave what you're doing, come to me. And, and that's just a very good point there, that we need to leave our trying to earn our way into heaven, leave our sins, leave our worries, leave our burdens, and come to Jesus. And I don't think there is an invitation to follow Jesus that's more personal and more tender than this. And it's precisely when we feel inadequate, a failure, a hopeless mess, that's when we've got to let go and turn it over to God. And that's, that's not always easy to do, folks. It's really not. Um, it also mentions in verse 29 this yoke. And this yoke is an apparatus that was commonly used around the necks of two animals so they could pull a heavy load. And I thought, wait a minute. Here we are. I'm saying, come to Jesus and he'll take away all your load and, and your burdens. And we don't want to take on another load, yet this yoke allows two to pull a load more easily. So the deep rest for our soul, that deep refreshing that rejuvenates us, actually comes by taking on that burden. But not alone, but with Jesus. And that makes all the difference in the world. But I remind you, Jesus doesn't promise a, an escape from reality. Uh, he promises the right equipment to deal with the task at hand. So it's not the heavy yoke of scribes and Pharisees or what others think, but it's the yoke of Jesus. Joining Jesus with what 
he is doing, following Jesus and doing what he wants us to do. It says, we know when we're literally wearing ourselves out with worry for the world, our country, my gosh, this nation needs prayer right now. It really, really does. Uh, but despite all these things, we're not going to find real rest until we generally, genuinely turn that over to God. And we're trying to let go of that control that I'm going to fix this. I can fix whatever it is. And God's just simply saying, quit worrying about that. Follow me and I'll take care of you. Jesus also doesn't say, take my condo and the Bahamas, my easy chair or my bed. And those are things of rest. He says, take my yoke and my work upon you. And as we will see in a moment, the work, that work is the work of being a dedicated disciple of Jesus. This really answers the question people often have about what it means that we aren't under the law. Some make it sound like we can do whatever we want. But Jesus' requirements are no less stringent than those of the Jewish leaders back in, back in that day. In fact, in many ways, Jesus calls on our lives are even stronger as we are to deny ourselves and take up his cross on a daily basis, endure some hardship, love our enemies, and glorify God in everything we do. But we are doing it with Jesus to advance his work in this world and doing it with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Um, another verse is Jeremiah 6, 16. This is what the Lord says, Stand at the crossroads and look. Look for the ancient paths and ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. The Lord offers that rest, but we must come and learn from Jesus. So what does it mean when we learn from Jesus? What's involved when he says learn from me? The word learn here is from the same word that mean the same word that means disciple. A disciple is a lifelong learner. A disciple stands at the crossroads of life and says, Lord, what's the right way to go? And often the right way is not popular and it's not easy. And that's where our faith and trust in God helps. Because sometimes going the other way is easier. And maybe we think that's a means to an end and that's really where we need to be. And, and thank God He does let us walk down that path and we get down to the end of that road and we're stuck in the mud. And all we got to do is look around and there He is. And He is there to help get us out and go back down that right road. And there's lots of examples throughout the Bible and things we can do um, to grow, whether it's uh, activities at church, um, our CWF, our men's group. There are lots of activities that we can become involved in to grow closer to God. And we can be like the ancient Israelites and refuse to walk in God's way, or we can be lifelong learners dedicated disciples who then will find rest in those very struggles that otherwise overwhelm us.
And I, this next point, I don't, I don't want this to happen to anyone here, but I know because we live in a broken world, it's going to happen eventually. And some of us are going to hear some words we don't want to hear, like you have cancer. And it could include there's nothing we can do about it. And that's an overwhelming and burdensome task. But God alone knew before we did about that. God alone has brought people through difficult times such as that. And He gives us opportunities to get through those difficult times. He gives us the strength to learn what we need before that time comes so that cancer won't weary and burden us to the place that we want to give up. Be a lifetime learner, growing in all you do. Don't give up. I encourage you to do these five things regularly to be a dedicated disciple. But balance these. Don't try to do them all at once because it is not easy to walk the walk. And I'm not here to tell you that once you become a believer and you follow Jesus that it's going to be sunshine and roses. It won't be. Um, but if we come to church, He's going to give us strength. If we become involved in church activities with other believers, that's going to recharge our batteries and give us the strength to get through day to day. If we take time to serve Jesus, we witness to those around us, even those that may not know God, and God's going to give us opportunities in life to serve and to minister to others and also to practice spiritual disciplines like Bible reading, prayer, generosity. And folks, if you haven't been down to the prayer room, we're blessed. That's an awesome room. It is. I've been in it. You can feel God in there. If you're burdened, go in there and pray to Him. And He'll lighten your load. And I just remind you that even though that yoke and that burden may be light when we turn it over to God, uh, we still have to keep the faith and continue going. Day by day, one foot in front of the other. God's going to get us through whatever comes into our lives. The key is we have to trust in Him and follow His teaching. So this morning, I invite you, as we close, take Jesus up on that offer of eternal life. If all that heavy stuff that you're carrying in your backpack is weighing you down, and you don't feel like you can take another step, Maybe you've been partying all weekend. Maybe you're chasing that perfect person. Has all that brought you the ultimate goal of eternal life? Has climbing that corporate ladder brought you rest? Has any of that stuff that we keep buying, that house, that car, that, oh, as bad as it hurts to say that, that new iPhone? Uh, <laughs> Or maybe it's food, that box of Twinkies, that extra burrito. Has any of that brought you rest? 
Following Jesus is the hardest thing we'll ever do. But there's a yoke, and we must follow His rules. There is a burden we carry, including persecutions, trials, and tests. But when we do come to Jesus, and we keep following Jesus, He brings us rest that we long for. So keep following Him and keep getting closer to Jesus. And you will be rewarded in the end. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank You so much for all that You do for our church, these individuals in our church, in our country. Lord, sometimes it seems like we're going the wrong way. And we know that if we'll just stop, raise our hands up to You, and turn back to your ways. You're there and you will save us. Lord, we just thank you for your word and your blessings that you give to each and every one of us. I ask you to keep us all safe and healthy in the days ahead. We pray all these things in your son's precious name. Amen.